Hey everyone, welcome to episode 20 of Four Goats and a Mic. Today we have Marcus Carrion. Marcus, you want to say hi, introduce yourself, plug your stuff, all that good stuff. Hey, how y'all doing? I'm Marcus Carey. Uh, my main platform that I'm on is, is Twitter, Marcus J. Carey on Twitter. Um, and I don't really have anything to plug. What about like all 100 of your books? Yeah, so I, I think that's all going to come out. So, <laughs> so yeah, I got I got a couple of books that are definitely pretty popular in the cybersecurity space called Tribe of Hackers. Uh, I can uh, love to talk about that. There's a lot of people that's trying to put out content, so I kind of learned how to do that. I did two children's book during the pandemic, so I just uh, illustrated and self-published two kids' books, which was a fun process. So I learned a lot during that. So I'm just a continual learner and just trying to trying to put out stuff. And we'll we'll include links to those in the description and everything, y'all. But go check out his books. All right, bees, take it away. All right. So I, I want to know what what made you do a kids a children's um, cybersecurity book? You know that seems kind of like deep for tech, but I know kids they can learn just about anything. So you know what made you go that direction? Yeah, so uh, when I when I grew up, I feel like super old now. I'm, I'm 45, and uh, we had to learn, you know, basic safety being outside and stuff. But now the kids are inside, and they're online 24/7. So uh, one of the things mm-hmm. that is kind of hard for people to grasp, I mean, if, if is being safe online. So I had this idea for a book a long time ago. Uh, I actually did a pitch competition where I used the analogy of the three little pigs and talking about how the, the three little pigs was like a, s- a security story. <laughs> Funny enough, like uh, each pig had different levels of security. And so I was like, man, that would make actually a dope chil- children's book because we used to that story. And so I, I turned that from old times where they were building straw, <laughs> you know, huts and, you know, building houses into like cybersecurity stuff. And so, uh, I was looking for an illustrator uh, for it and I couldn't find an illustrator. So I ended up taking uh, a course online on how to illustrate books. So I ended up illustrating the book myself. And so uh, it's just a story of, you know, and the three little hackers is one of the books I wrote and that's a cybersecurity book. And also people ask me, how do they teach their kids? How how did I teach my son how to code? So I taught my son how to code when he's 11 and, and when my son was 15, he had uh, like five iPhone apps in the app store. And so everybody's like, what the heck? How did you do that? And so uh, basically I, I, how I taught my son how to code is my son hated homework. And so I was like, and, and basically I would take his math homework and we make that into programs. We were like, okay, here's that formula. You can do these variables and you can do your homework faster. And so he was like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm down with that. <laughs> so he, he would he would cheat on his homework uh, by writing his little, own little programs. Um, and that taught him. And ever since then, like, you know, he learned a bunch of languages. And now my son's 24 uh, now. And he's a senior engineer uh, at a company called Rapid7. Uh, and he, he can code his butt off. He's the best programmer I know. He didn't go to college, didn't want to go to college. He started full-time at 17. And, and uh and so it's crazy, publicly traded company. So he got mad stock, all kind of crazy stuff that people, uh, it's just its just crazy how the tech game, even starting a kid off young and not even having to go to college. So it's, a, it's an alternate path right now. 
So anyway, so yep. I, wrote a book, I wrote a book about it to get people in the game. <laughs> that is the craziest flex of all flexes. Right, right that there. is. Like, right. You taught your son a skill to where he didn't have to go to college, and now he's a senior engineer at a company, and he's balling. Like, that's crazy to me. That's, to me, that's amazing. Like, that's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's like you, you kind of like, you know, having kids and, you know, you're, you're, it's always a learning process. And so funny enough, I call him, he was my first experiment, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> so you learn all this stuff and like, man, this, this actually, this works, this doesn't work. And so what I'm doing is like, you know, in my life as, I, as older I grow, I'm just like, hey, this worked for me. You know, it may not work for everybody. And I see y'all doing it too. That's why I really love all the stuff that y'all doing online. Because I'm like, man, y'all, Y'all, you know, young whippersnappers doing this stuff. You know, I can do that too. Y'all motivate me. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. To me, yeah. that like the, the fact that you can show somebody, like a kid, a skill that young, because like that is a powerful skill. Like learning a skill, anything like that, learning those programs in the different languages. When you learn it young, man, you're like a thousand steps ahead of everybody else. Yeah, I think I think the kids. Uh, I think B said it earlier. Kids are way capable, more, are capable mm-hmm. of more stuff. They can learn multiple languages, and I'm talking about like you know, uh, you know, communications languages, French, Italian, whatever. You know, a lot of kids that uh, grew up in bilingual households master that. So kids have way more information than than uh than we think they have, and also I think you know, I think older civilizations had more information than they have. I think that living in the moment, we think we know everything, mm-hmm. but there's, there's, there's people younger and older than us, younger and older than us that actually know a lot of game. So I think mm-hmm. you just have to be, you know, you have to, you have to help people out and, you know, listen to the elders, listen to the young people. I listen to y'all young whippersnappers all the time <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot from y'all. So what was your um, entry into, I guess, tech? Did your parents do the same thing? <laughs> no, I, I grew up the poorest kid I knew. Like, I didn't have, you know, I grew up in a, uh, what they call bandos in Atlanta. They call them bandos. I grew up in a bando. Wait, wait, wait. You from Atlanta? No, I'm from Texas, but I'm, I'm, using, that, I'm using Atlanta slang. Oh, dang. I was like, <laughs> oh, wait. We're here. See, I'm bilingual. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, I grew up. I grew up in abandoned homes, no heat, no lights, no nothing. I was the poorest kid I knew. I used to have to borrow water from neighbors and borrow everything from neighbors. Used to have to run extension cords from the neighbor house to our house. Kind of like really, really super poor. And so, um, the way I got into the tech game is uh, the military. Uh, you know, I, I took programming in high school and stuff because I was a nerd. And so, the military, uh, I, I scored high on my ASVAB. ASVAB mm-hmm. was a military interest exam and they, they put me into cryptography. So I went to Pensacola, Florida and I learned cryptography. Uh, I, and in the military, I got to do all kinds of crazy stuff, signals, intelligence, cryptography. I got to be a spy and spy on people all across the world. So at 18, 19, I went from being, being like super hood into being like in this high tech environment. And it was just, it was just weird for me. I tell people I, I got, so I would call back home you know, to back home to my, my boys that I grew up with. And I would be like talking about international stuff. I don't know if y'all remember the genocide in Rwanda back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I call home. I was like, man, because I'm paying attention to all this international news and stuff. And I'm I'm actually in the intelligence game. So I'm reading intel reports, top secret classified stuff. 
And I was like, hey, man, that's messed up. I, I called my boy and say, that's messed up what's going on in Rwanda. And he's like, Rwanda, who is that? I don't know that B. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, bro, I'm not talking about a girl. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy, man. So, so that, that, so I think that it's pretty cool that, that, that I had, I had that in my life. The military got me into high tech and, and uh, I'm going to milk it, to, you know, for all it's worth. So what do you tell yeah. kids? Cause I know a bunch of high schoolers ask you the same question all the time. Like, how can I get into cybersecurity? What's the typical path that you give them? And that's funny enough. That's where the tribe of hackers came out. Uh, because like what's cool is like I'm I'm so connected to a lot of top talent in cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. So when I go to a conference, I'm like tapped in with everybody. Like and like some of these people in our space are like celebrities. And and people can't just walk up to them and ask them stuff. And so there's people that that are that are like, you know, there's young people, but there's also adults that want to get into the game too. And so uh, that's why the Tribe of Hackers books came out. Is because like I want to interview. It's pretty much an interview type series of books where you can ask people that are in the game how they got in the game, what books they recommend, all those different things. And so what I found out in life is that if if I say some people don't believe me, who am I? I'm just a dude from the hood. But if you let other people say it and say and, and all that stuff, you just let other people you know speak and people and people believe it. Uh, they say a prophet's not welcome in their own town, right? So you, so sometimes you just gotta go away. You, you, you gotta, you gotta let other people tell the story. And so I've been blessed with a platform to help, to let other people say stuff. They st- say stuff about me. I usually don't black, brag, I don't boast, I don't, I don't flex, but I me, mean, other people brag about me and it's all good. So, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, basically the reason why I did this Tribal Hackers book is so they could get it from other people instead of me preaching to people. And it's worked out fantastic because the books are all bestsellers. Um, and, uh, you know, from that, I mean, I got a, I got a literary agent now. So I got a literary agent can sell other books. Uh, right now I'm working on a TV a pilot uh, that's going to be on a major network. Uh, it's going to be around hacking stuff. So I'm, I'm just really, uh, you know, trying to expose everybody from hacking. Funny enough, I, I wanted to be a hacker because of the movie War Games that came out when I was young. It's, it's an OG hacker movie. So basically I want to inspire the next generation of hackers to get to get busy and, and get super technical. And that's what I'm doing. Everything I, everything I do is in my lane. Um, and that's that's important to understand your lane um, and, and, and maximize uh, every everything in that lane. Uh, funny enough, there was a really good book about Seth Golden, who's a marketing um, guru. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seth, Seth Golden said, this is his book called Tribes. And in that book called Tribes, he says, you got to understand your tribe. And and I see each, you know, everybody out here, I see y'all, y'all getting busy. Y'all know y'all lane and y'all executing. There might be people to try to copy y'all and all that stuff, but, but it's not really their lane. And so one of my boys told me, you know how in your car you have lane assist? So if you like wander out of the lane, it'll like bump you back in your lane. So pe- people need lane assist. And so my lane is the hacking lane, right? And you you know, other people's lane might be this, you know, financial literacy, marketing, you know, stacking, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> everybody, everybody got their lane. And so you don't, so if you see somebody doing something else, that might not be your lane. You feel me? 
So and and so your land is your land, and and you know I think that whatever if you want to be successful and all that stuff, you probably in the right situation. You just got to capitalize on what you're doing. Man, he's dropping right so much there. game. Yeah, <laughs> he, he dropping so much game right now. Like this is this is crazy. Um, I I kind of want to go back to when like you you taught your son how to code. Um, I mean I feel like that's a real testament of how, you know, you can get into tech and change your whole life. You don't have to go to college. You don't have to do any of that. Like, I'm sure like probably by the time he's 30, he could start his own company and do his own thing if he wanted to. Right. And I mean, well before 30 with as much experience as he has. So what do you think about people who tell us to stop telling people to get into tech? You know, people on Twitter all the time, they're like, you all keep telling people you're in a tech. Everybody doesn't want to do tech. But, you know, tech is obviously the future. So in one way or another, so you're going to do something in regards to tech. Like it might not be super technical, but you're going to end up doing something. So, you know, what do you think about people saying that when, you know, you your son literally been working full time since 17? So, yeah, I think if people talk about they're talking like that about tech. I think that they're going to be lost, uh, especially as black people. Uh, the new workforce is technical, you know, even though you can make money doing other fields, everything that, that you can think of, if you had tech, tech is a multiplier. It Tech is a multiplier in any field. Like some of the marketing programs that I, I, I heard people talk about, they took a marketing discipline, whether it be email or, or some kind of just list management or a sales engine, Somebody was doing some some field, and then they turned in the code into an application. So financial literacy, for instance, like I can just say, like if if you could, that could be your lane. But if you know how to do tech, you can build an app. You can build an app. You can build a company so other people can come on there. And I tell like people, like technology is is just a force multiplier, and it just makes you be able to do stuff stuff faster. You, you can only reach so many people yourself. There's only one Marcus. I'm not going to be able to mentor, uh, you know, a million people in person. But if I can, if I can put that into a website or some other, something like that, into some kind of tech, what it's going to do is a force multiplier. No, I can reach millions of people. And even if you're a doctor, lawyer, whatever, you know, there's legal websites. If you have that, if you have the expertise, you can build a legal app or legal website. If you're, you know, you're a lawyer, I mean, just, just anything you do, it's a force, multi, a force multiplier. And what's cool about the technology is this. So say if I'm, if I'm doing anything, you can pick anything. So say if I have a marketing company, for instance, if, I, if it's a services company, it means if I'm charging people for my time, if I sold that business, it's probably a one, it's probably a two to three X multiple. Basically, if I'm making a million dollars a year and I sell my company, the company's worth about two mil because the, the, the acquirer can reach more people, right? But if you have, if you're a marketer and you says, I'm going to build a marketing app that does this. And if that marketing app does, you know, a million dollars in revenue, if it's a, if it's based on technology that your same company is worth 10 million. So it's a 10 X multiple. So instead of, and that's what I'm telling people. Like, if you want to do stuff the old way, cool. But if you turn it into technology, you you 10x you and whatever, you know, whatever it is. So I, I'm encouraging people, hey, you don't know how to learn how to code. But what's cool, though, is this. 
we all think about stuff in a different way, right? And so you have to take what's in your head and put it into a distributable manner and like into tech, and then you're going to blow up. You, you, and you can actually go out and raise capital if you want to, venture capital. That's what I did. So for my, my story is, is the same. It's, it's kind of the same. I'm, I'm a hacker. I'm a pen tester on that. So what I did is I, I made a program that did automated penetration testing. And then I went, went, then I went out and raised $4 million in, in venture capital for my company. And then I sold my company and my life changed. So I, tech is where it's at. If, if, y'all, if y'all don't think tech is where it's at, y'all smoking something. And, and y'all ain't smoking <laughs> that good. <laughs> man this is this is so crazy like I'm, I'm getting chills here and that like it's crazy like tech literally changed your life you know it, it completely mm-hmm. changed your life and and you're older so when people hear from us just like you said you know you gotta let other people tell your story and talk good about you but when people hear us say it they're like oh y'all are just trying to get people into this because you selling this and you selling that like no right. like this is this is free information we can lead you to all the information you need and do everything you need to do for free but you know if you if you need more guidance if you need more help like more resources of course you're gonna have to start paying right so that that's really all that is um and about you saying how tech is a 10x multiplier a lot of people don't know that like a lot of people don't know that tech companies have a 10x valuation versus um like a 2x like how you were saying before I mean, you know, it's it's a, it's a 10x multiplier on the low side. You know, you get people doing 40x multiples and, and just cashing out. Yeah, we also, seen Snowflake. Like, yeah, Snowflake, that's like 100x. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's, it's people, it's changing lives out here on these streets. The company I work for right now, I'm a, I'm a senior uh, person at the company I work at. We just raised $300 million in venture capital. So my company right now is blowing up. So... And it's a blessing because I saw my company and now the company I'm with, we blowing up too. So it's just like, it's just stacking, you know what I'm saying? Were you working at that company while you were still, uh, while you still had your company on the side? No, no, I, 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 I worked full-time for my company. I was founder mm-hmm. and CEO, uh, raised venture capital. Uh, this company, met met up with this company, the company's ReliQuest, shout out all to my ReliQuest people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wanted to do what I was doing. And this is how it all works, people. You got to find a niche that's, some, that's valuable to, uh, to other people, right? You build okay. up your company and it's like joining forces. Uh, and basically they, they, they didn't do what I did and I wanted to do what they did, but they were way bigger than me. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, match, it's a match made in heaven. Like, all right, cool. We're going we gonna to buy your company, Marcus. And we're going to... We gonna, we gonna, you're going to be part owner, you know, of our company. So, you know, you're going to come up again. So it's like, it's, it's, it's like crazy. It's like a snowball effect. Wow. Yeah. So you're about to come up twice. And so with this new company that, that, that purchased your company and now you have um, part ownership and I'm, I'm sure you have like stock shares, stock options, all of that, like equity and everything. So all that, if the company all that, all gets that. purchased again, you're going to cash out like, even more than before. The company gets purchased. The company goes public. Whatever, uh, it's gonna be. A, it's gonna be a great outcome for me. Amazing. It's crazy. Bag talk. <laughs> yeah, this is for crazy. sure. Facts. 
But do you see, like, you got yourself a bag, you know, just by going through the military and learning those skills. And then you taught it to your son, too. And your son can turn around and do the same exact thing as you, you know, build up whatever, you know, find whatever works for him and then build that up, sell his company and do the same yeah. exact thing. And I, Yeah. So I told my son and I tell anybody that, that I'm working with, your mission in life should be as long as much as you can you can. Uh, and so that's what I told my son. My son actually moved over to they the company moved him over to Ireland to work in, and now he's leading the team in Ireland. So my son's living internationally, all this crazy stuff. Uh it's just crazy. Um, and you know, he has stock in that company. That company went public, so the stock is worth <laughs> is worth a lot of money too. So he can he can cash out, take stock out, you know, the whole whole none. So it's a whole different lifestyle than I even understood when I was growing up. He's able to partake in it. And I'll tell you another thing, what's crazy, that was my son. So my daughter is married. Uh, her her husband right now was her boyfriend. And uh, he was working, you know, a couple of jobs. He was doing like, you know, he worked at the Nike store. He worked at JCPenney's. So he was doing like sales related stuff. And so, and so I was like, man, you like sales. You should try sales. You should try sales engineering, right? If you like that, but if you sell software, you get paid a lot more money. So you know, you know, you work in Nike store. That's that's minimum wage. You're making six figures if you can be a sales engineer. So like this is again like this is another example of learning tech. So I taught him cybersecurity, and now he's he's making six figures <laughs> at a cybersecurity company that's publicly traded. He got stock the whole nine. So that's how that's how it is. Take whatever you're doing. And figure out what's the what's the best way to apply that knowledge. So if you're doing sales at somewhere whack, you should look into doing enterprise software sales. And that requires you to learn technology. So technology is a situation where you can't lose. You know what I'm saying? You you whatever learn tech, you're gonna eat. That is so true. Just learn something that's tech related. Because once I realized, because Bees had to tell me, like, you know, what I do is actually tech related. I think it was Bees and Jasmine, like, no, that actually is tech related. And I was just like, you know what? This is crazy because now that everybody's going back to work right now, there's not a lot of people that, you know, do what I do. A lot of people left the industry because we were out of work for like six or seven months. You know, they started working in other industries, maybe moved away. And I'm getting calls like every day for jobs and I'm turning them down because I'm already working in a job. And I just realized, you know, actually today, I'm like, dang, glad I learned this skill because <laughs> a lot of people, you know, are not going to be able to go back to work because, you know, their jobs, you know, are becoming obsolete due to tech. We got automation 100%. coming up. Yeah. I mean, the, even the Kroger by my house, there's more and more self-checkouts. Like last year, there was probably six of them. Now there's three rows with six in each row. And it's crazy. Yeah. They just they keep replacing them with self checkout. This is important. What what you saying? So the automation is coming, but mm-hmm. even like the fact that everything is like remote now, mm-hmm. there's people doing a lot of remote technical related jobs, and so uh, you got to keep your skills up because if they're able to remote stuff, funny enough, tech is allowed people to remote work remote, uh, just like people using Zoom every day for work and all that stuff. Now you can be replaced by anybody in the world. You can somebody in India can take your job now because everything remote anyway. So why not? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So so you gotta skill up more than you ever have. And so this is like what what's funny about 
you know, it's, it's political season and stuff. And like, I tell everybody, no politician is going to save you. You got to put in the work yourself and you got to be able to, you got to skill up and it's a global competition. I can go anywhere for, for anything. So, you know, how, why am I going to go to you, you know, and instead of this, uh, this other person over here, you just got to be the best you can be. Steve Martin said, you got to be so good that people can't ignore you. Are you that good? Are you just, you know, it's just some kind of mediocre person. You just got to be about your business and like really handle your stuff. And because it's a global competition, either automation or globalization is going to take your opportunity. So you got to be out here about, about winning. That is so true. There's always somebody ready to take your spot. 100. So did I, I, have, I forgot that I, I can't remember if you said it. When you went through the military, I know you probably got a lot of certs. Did you actually get any degrees? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of old school. So I have a master's degree in, uh, mm -hmm. in network security from Capitol College, PG County, uh, representing <laughs> <laughs> uh, up there uh, in, in Laurel, Maryland. So I got a, I got a master's degree. But what's cool about the military, the military paid, paid it all off. I get some mm -hmm. slack sometimes. People, people diss me, take shots at me because I was in the military and I worked for NSA and stuff. But uh, I had a 100% paid, uh, you know, uh, undergrad degree. Oh, so in another hack, I'm going to tell you a life hack. So I got a master's degree. So how I got my undergrad degree, and this is in anybody out there that, that, that didn't get a chance to finish your degree and you still think you need a degree, what I did is uh, I did a lot of CLEP tests. Y'all familiar with CLEP tests? Yep, so, I wrote about uh, it in my book. Yeah, what so is, in the what middle, is that for people out uh, there that may not know? Uh, CLEP stands for College Level Equivalency Program. And so you can spend like 100 bucks and you can take a test and you can get three or six credits depending on, on, on the course. So you can take a biology test and it gives you six college credits. So what's crazy in the military, it was free for me to take these tests. So I did 115 college credits in the military. So I just would go in the library, read a book or, or something like that, or look at a video and, and read, read, read a cliff notes or something on biology or physics or something. And I would just go take the test. So I did 115 free credits. And then I found a college that, can, that will confer, confer a degree. They didn't have any transfer requirements. So a bachelor's degree is 120 credits. So I tested out my whole uh, undergrad. And so you can, anybody can do this and save, you know, one or two years on their college education. So if your kid, you're trying to like, how's my kid going to go to college? They can, they can take CLEP tests and save like $50,000 on a college education plus tuition and all that stuff too. And they can take these tests in high school. So this is like an AP test, if you're not familiar. So I did my undergrad for free. And then when I got out, the military paid for my, uh, paid for my graduate degree. And I did all that because I thought, I thought I needed it. And I guess I did because it gives me mad cred. Uh, but I don't think you need a degree though. But degree doesn't help. So now I, I, I'm checking all the boxes. Mad certs. I did all, I did like mad Cisco stuff. I did a CISSP, which is a top level security cert. I did certified ethical hacker, uh, just all kind of certifications. So, you know, I was there's no excuse. I, I mean, like, I don't want no excuses. And I like, I'm, I'm overqualified, <laughs> whatever. And like, you know, if you competing against me, I take this very seriously. 
So if it comes to this tech stuff and the cybersecurity stuff, you got a problem if I'm coming in for an interview with you. You know, so if you if you competing against me, you you got a problem because I, I stack I'm stacking the freaking deck. You know what I'm saying? And that's how that's how I, I did it. But I thought that's how I had to do it when I came up. But the new people coming up, maybe a certification is what you need. You know what I'm saying? There's no 100% way to do it. And, you, and I'm not a hater because there are some haters out there like, oh, man, I got my, my certifications. You got to get that, too. Or I got this degree. You got to get that, too. No, like the game has changed. Certifications can get you six figures now. Yep. Yep. And then, um, so when it comes to those CLEP exams, like I said, I, I wrote about them in my book. Um, I actually clepped out of a class, uh, and it caused me to not have to stay an extra semester in school. So I clepped out and I was able to get my CLEP test paid for because I was working for the air force at the time I was interning, um, for the air force and they paid for my CLEP exam, just like you, I studied, I went and searched like CLEP exam study guide. I just studied that for maybe like two weeks. I went and took the test passed it. I got, I think it was either three or six credits. I can't remember which one it was, but yeah, like CLEP exams are 10 times easier than AP exams. Um, and they, they require much less studying. Honestly, it's like, just like you said, you can do like cliff notes or something. You can just get the overview and just know enough information to pass the test and you're good to go. But, um, with you, with you were talking about how, uh, like the military pay for your undergrad and and will pay for your master's and you clipped out of your undergrad as well. You worked for the NSA. Um, your job would have paid for your master's anyway. So I think people, they tend to forget that. Like you work for these companies, they will pay for your degrees. So it's not like, you know, you really needed the military to pay for, you know, your master's or anything like that. The NSA would have paid for it. Yeah, almost any tech company nowadays will pay for your master's. Like right now, I'm getting my master's paid for completely for free. I'm not paying for it at all. And I've never served in the military a day in my life. So, you know, you can get it done. Yeah, there, there's a lot of ways. Starbucks pay for college tuition. So you you can take a, a Walmart side does gig. Too. Stuff, you know what I'm saying? Walmart like does a, too. That's how you finesse. Take a side job. They pay for your college tuition. That's a win. I think my favorite thing about you so far is like that most people don't do or just, I don't know, it like it miss it goes over their head is like, you got to be resource resourceful. Like you could have sat in the military and just settled for, well, I did good on my ASVAB. I got this pretty cool job and just coasted just like that. Like you didn't have to do none of the other things that you do, but you kind of saw the bigger picture and you knew that doing this, like you were saying, would mean like if you competing against me, you better come with it. And I think a lot of people have to be like that, especially with tech and how it's going to take over and it's going to be a lot more competition. So you got to constantly be fine tuning your skills, and educating yourself. It's no such thing as I'm just going to stay at this job for 20 years and do the bare minimum. 100. Nobody's going to give you anything. That doesn't like no matter who you are, nobody's going to give you anything. So actually, one of my things that I live by is a Jay-Z quote. I, I like Jay-Z said, put me anywhere on God's green earth. Green I'll earth, I'll my triple word. my worth. Yep. So, like, can, can you look yourself in the mirror? And are, are you valuable like that anywhere you go? Any any room you step into? Any industry? Like, whatever. Like, you got to have that kind of swag where you just going I'm, 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 I'm going to kill it. And you got to have that confidence. And so I think a lot of people don't have, have, don't have that confidence. But look, 
like I said, I'm the poorest person I know. Straight up hood. I'm super hood still. I'm hood intentionally. I know <laughs> I might sound like a nerd to people. I'm intentionally hood. <laughs> and so the reason why I am, because when people come up behind me, I don't want them to have to code switch. I don't code switch. I don't do none yeah. of that. <clears throat> like, like I'm, I'm just, I'm just that dude. And, and I don't know if I'm coming across as arrogant. I don't know how I come across, but please I do just, talk your shit. That's what this show yeah, is for. I, you, <laughs> yeah. But I just want people to have that same confidence and not worrying about code switching. If you know the technical stuff, you know, the technical stuff. If you know, if you're the subject matter expert, you know, you just got to stand up and say, I, I, I know this stuff. Don't be humble. Don't, you know, be, be humble, but you just got to be super assertive. And, and don't worry about pissing people off because the reason why I'm, I'm super hood all the time is because I want to I want to get rid of people that's, that got a problem against black people, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm super hood, they don't want to mess with me. That's like filtering those people out. So I don't, so I don't get when, when I see people and I see wild stuff, cause I'm on Twitter, like I see people coming off wild and saying crazy stuff to people. And I'm like, wow, that's a crazy person. And then I look, that person is not following me. <laughs> it's because like, I, I have like, I have this aura about me that like, I keep the foolishness away from me. So, and, uh, and like, I, like, I hate it when I hear people saying they have to code switch and they have to talk. I mean, I, I, I advise one, I advise one brother and we talking and we talking all hood and stuff and grimy. And he get a call from investors and he's like, hello, how you doing? Uh, you know, and I'm like, bro, what? I'm like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, this dude changed up his whole joint. <laughs> it blows my mind. I don't, I don't understand that. You know, that's why I actually, um, I've been following y'all for a while. And I like the fact that y'all, y'all are true to yourselves. Y'all talk y'all stuff and, and y'all, y'all don't care. So, I, I mean, just let, and it, it filters out all of the BS that a lot of people have to give, give with, I'm telling you. And so it blew my mind and I said, man, these junk cats. <laughs> and I'm sorry for calling y'all young, but y'all, you know, I'm guess I'm, I'm, I'm old as a mug. It's like, man, I can't believe they, they doing this. I love it. <laughs> so I became fan of all y'all. I love love the way y'all handle yourselves. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm just glad we, we got it. you on here. Right. Yeah. This is like, to me, this is my favorite episode yet. Like, because he's dropping <laughs> so much game and he's talking so much shit. Like, there's something that really kills me that I see online. Like, I like how you said you have to be confident. Like, when you have supreme confidence, you don't fall victim to imposter syndrome. I hate mm-hmm. when people say, oh, I have imposter syndrome. Like, I just want to tell them, stop being weak. Like, are you good <laughs> at what you do or are you not good at what you do? Because mm-hmm. if you have imposter syndrome, these people who actually suck but can come in and they're confident, they're going to pass you up. They're going to blow by you every day. Every day mm-hmm. they're going to pass you up and you're going to be sitting back like, man, I'm better than them. Why are they getting more opportunities than me? Because they're confident in their abilities. Even though they're not good, they're still confident. They're like, shoot, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to do the best I can do. But you, you're, you know, you're questioning yourself. Am I really good? Do I deserve to be in this room? Stop doing that. Like, it's a bad mentality to have. Like, you are not survived anywhere. Like, when it comes down to competitive people, you're not surviving if you're questioning if you belong in the room. 100%. God dang. You know, I mean, I look at doctors and and somebody told me the funniest thing I heard about a doctor. They said, what do you call the what what do you call the the person that graduates last in their class in the medical school? You call them a doctor. 
They still a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> it, and what's funny about doctors is this. If you go to a doctor, definitely back, back in the day, you know, they got these huge libraries and they got all these technical resources they can look up. You don't have to remember everything. Mm-hmm. Like some people think that they have to, and definitely not in my Caribbean uh, people, uh, I love my Caribbean fam, my, <laughs> but they think they have to have the most utmost education. And I joke with any any my, my Caribbean brothers and sisters, they got to have their masters and they masters masters. And then you know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, look, that man, is so true. Look, stop getting your education. Stop, stop doing that. The thing you have to understand is you have to know where the resources are when you need the resources. I don't remember everything about cybersecurity, but I know I know where to get that information from. Like, oh, I need to do this. Generally, this is where it's going to be. Or that's why you have a strong network. If I need to know something about law, I got homies that are lawyers now. If I need to know something about marketing, I'm hitting up my marketing plug. You don't have to know everything to step to take a step. It's called, you know, they call it analysis paralysis. Like, I want to start mm-hmm. a business, but man, I don't know nothing about law. I don't know nothing about this. And they questioning themselves and like all this stuff. Man, just go do it. You think all these other right. people that's doing this have all the answers? No. That's why it's important to have a team. That's why it's important. So, and, and, and too many times we try to do this on our own. You feel me? Like, we don't want to do nothing with a team. We don't have a network. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't want to tell nobody our, our idea because our idea is so sacred. You feel me? But if you look at, you know, you look at other people and how they operate, they got strong networks. They, they, they invest in each other. And, and I, I'm looking at y'all. I, I know y'all do this. This crew is got it together. But outside, I see so many people slipping and, mm-hmm. and they, they stingy. They're not sharing no, no resources. <laughs> They ain't sharing no, they ain't sharing their time. It's just like if if we really want to overcome and really beast out, you gotta start networking and, and having real talk, talking about money. Like people don't talk about money, people don't know about equity. People, one person will have an idea and like, oh, it's my idea, so I'm gonna take 95% of the equity and you don't get five percent. How does that work? You want that person to work as hard as you work? And you're not splitting the 50-50? Or if it's three of us, like if we all gonna work the same, fam, we, we need to split the equity accordingly. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of like the hurdle that we need to get over mentally. You know, nobody's gonna work hard if you're getting all the glory. And there's a lot of people out there that think they're so amazing that you should work for them for free. Mm-hmm. Nah, we ain't re- we ain't re- doing the rewind to the slave days. We we all gotta make this go out. Dame Dash was actually just talking about that, how he was saying in most situations in a crew, if your crew don't got the same amount of money as you, they're not, they don't have the same kind of success as you. That's usually what the downfall because somebody's going to start hating and the whole thing's just going to be messed up because they felt like, you know, everybody wasn't eating fairly. Yeah. And so how, how I view it is like, and like Dame, Dame is a master business person. I think mm-hmm. he's gonna, I think he's gonna get another opportunity eventually. Uh, but he, interesting thing about Dame is like, I don't, I don't think he's such so, such a creative person. And this is why teams are important. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why you need some people are creators. 
some people are business people, negotiators, and all that. That's why a team is important. So you can see when when Jay had Jay, Damon, and Lemo together, they had a creator. They had they had they had the muscle. They had they had the negotiation skills. That's why a team is super important. And so I think Dame one day will get with the right creative people, and and he'll be able to get another opportunity. But uh, but but you're you're absolutely right. And and the thing is, like everybody get a stake. So here's the deal abundance there's an abundance of money and all that stuff out there this opportunity that you're working on is not your last opportunity right, right. Like, like i said i sold my company now i got equity in another company that's going up you know what i'm saying like and then after this i'm gonna have another company and then after that i'm gonna invest in your company it's like that that's the way it actually really works don't be gripping onto these opportunities like it's your last opportunity in life there's an abundance out here for us to all have and share. And that's what we gotta, we gotta be working towards, right? Speaking on that, another popular conversation people have is about like quitting your job and you know starting your own business. What was that path like for you? At what point did you say like, okay, I, I can do this full time now? Or did you just start off full time? Like you just started off as an entrepreneur, you never worked for someone else up until now. Yeah, so this is where it gets it gets kind of hard. Um, I recommend that people, uh, if if I recommend everybody start a tech company. By the way, that's my thing. But I think that at the beginning of it, you can do services to get you to over that hump. Because if mm-hmm. you're actually a beast at what you do, people will pay you hourly. You have to charge the right amount of money. Mm-hmm. People will pay you hourly for your time. While you're making that bread hourly, you need to convert that to something that scales. Right. So, so initially your skills, like me, I could go pen test anybody and and like, I could like, I could go break into companies or help security companies and people will pay me a lot of money for that personally. Then you, you roll that into a software project on the side. Now you don't know how to have, you don't have to know how to code per se, but get some developers that you cool with that. And you split that you, you like, oh, boom, you don't get equity in the company too. And then that's how you do it. So whatever your field is, you have to have some, you have to start with being really good at something. Mm-hmm. And then I recommend that you, you get into automating whatever that, that is. You just automate that process. And so that's what I recommend people doing. You got to have something that people are going to pay you for. If, if you ain't making money, it's, just, it's all pretend. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, I mean, there's a million entrepreneurs out there, but how many people are actually making money? You feel me? So, so having a business and being an entrepreneur is about making dough. And then right. how can you, how can you make, how can you, how can you get a team together to start making that run on autopilot? So that's, that's what it's all about. So uh, I got some tips on how my next company is going to start too, but I, I, if y'all know, I'll tell y'all that too. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely want to know. We, Hey, you can, you can talk. Yeah. You can talk forever. Want. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, basically, this is how I'm gonna start my next company. All right, I'm gonna go around to all the people that that um. There's this thing called corporate development. This is this is money right here. There, there's these people called corporate development. Corporate development people in different companies are the people that are in charge of doing acquisitions. So if a lot of people think that they're gonna they're gonna build a company and sell the company, so the first thing you need to do is you need to figure out 
what kind of companies a bigger company is going to buy. So if you can take any fill and you, so if I use software that I'm like, Oh, cool. I use this marketing software or something like that. I would go to, to that company. I was like, man, I want to build it. This, this marketing company doesn't do this thing, but man, it would be great if I could build some software that does this to complement that thing. Then I would talk to all the marketing software providers uh, and I would go to their corp dev. Hey, what kind of companies y'all y'all looking at? And what's funny, these corp dev people, their whole job is to buy companies. They have millions of dollars to, to spend on people like you, right? That's, they sitting on millions of dollars to buy companies like you're going to start. Go to that. You go to them and say, look, what kind of companies y'all trying to buy? And then you keep in continuous relationship. You start building because if it's, hopefully it's aligned, you build that company and they know you over time. And then what happens is they're going at some point they're going to pull the trigger and they, and they want to buy a company like yours. And so even if they don't buy your company, what happens is everybody's copycats. So what they'll do is a company like yours get bought, they come and look for you. And then you're going to get bought. And then you're going to be a very happy person and you're going to be sitting on uh, bundles. So that's how it works. Find out if you're trying to sell a company, you need you need to have a buyer in mind at the, at the jump ball. People are not going to buy you just because, you know, just because you built a little company. You have to be what they have in mind. So that's my that's my tip on trying to trying to start and build and, and build something to sell. Yeah, so a lot of people have to have you? Mind. What? Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, you you have to have your exit in mind. Um, Adrian, I'm pr pretty sure you know who he is. A over K on Twitter. He tells me that all the time. You know, when you're when you're building anything, you have to have your exit, your strategy in mind at all times like so don't even get it started if you aren't even thinking about your exit so yeah that's that's important um that that's a really good tip of how to how to um get acquired by other companies i was gonna ask um how do you target i mean you're probably already in the tech space and you probably already know kind of what companies want but as like somebody like me i'm not really in that space like let's say i, I do want to look for a company I want to learn, you know, learn the code, you know, learning, learn languages or whatever, build my own app. How do, I'm not in tech, leave me alone, Hurry. <laughs> I'm in tech, but I'm not in that sector of tech, it's different, like, so I want to target a buyer, how would I find that end buyer? Because you said you want to target a buyer first, and then figure out what they need, and then build what they need. Yeah, so, um, you, you got to, Everybody's working a lane. Remember I talked about the lanes? So mm -hmm. if my lane's marketing, most of the time, the, the thing that's going to get you make you rich is right there in front of you. You got to look and see, what am I doing now that I can automate? It don't matter what it is. If I'm a doctor, if I'm a lawyer, what what am I doing right now that, that I could actually apply some code to? And Because that's your superpower. I call it superpowers. What's my superpower and how can I how can I give everybody else access to this same superpower? And then that's what you're trying to build. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because you know, I can do stuff that some people can't do, but people will love to do that. So you have to kind of like do some personal analysis here. What do I do easy that other people find hard? Right? 
that's your superpower. Put that in a box, sell it. But on the finding an acquirer piece, there, there's always somebody in that lane, right? So he's like, all right, boom. So my lane, cybersecurity. So I'm going to reach out to big cybersecurity companies that have corporate development uh, teams. You go on LinkedIn, Corp Dev. Hey, you hit them up, Cole hit them up. Hey, I'm thinking about building a company in the space. Would you like to talk? And these people come back to you. And this is like Cole. So you're going to get a percentage of answers and stuff, just like any marketing. But their whole job is to talk to companies that talk to entrepreneurs to kind of like, sometimes they're trying to spy on you, but they'll tell you straight up if you have a bad idea. Oh, that's, that's lame. What do you, I mean, what do you think is going to be popping? Hey, we think that companies like this going to be popping. And then what I do, I go build what they're talking about is going to be popping. <laughs> and then I'm going to holler at them a little bit later. Hey, this is what we built. You like this? So you know, do you by the think, way, we're um, already making money. Do you yeah. think that you should always, like, if they say it's whack, and what if I really think it's not? Should I just be like, whatever, y'all don't know? Or should I take that into consideration if they're saying no, they probably are right? Well, here's the deal. You're always selling to three people. You're selling to potential companies that's going to buy your company. And also, even if they say it's whack, if you can sell it, if you can sell that as a service to somebody else, that's your true indicator. You should be making mm-hmm. money. So it's, it's like, and then you need to be selling to potential employees and all that stuff too, and partners. So you're selling to people that's going to buy equity second company. So it has to be attractive all the way around. So money at the end of the day, money talks and all that other stuff walk. So mm-hmm. your company has to make money for it to be attractive. You feel me? And and so basically sales, and there's a saying in sales, sales heals all wounds. So you can have an ugliest company, the ugliest software, but if you sell like hotcakes, you're good. Uh, and But the, the ideal thing is people buying it and there's acquirers that have told you, I'm saying I'm not saying go to one one person that can buy your company. I'm saying go to multiple people. You feel me? Like talk to everybody. Talk to as okay. many people as you can talk about. As <clears throat> to many people as you can, should I say? I don't know. Does that help, Tara? Does that make it, sense? It definitely does. It, it does. Just because I don't know. I I I think I'm in tech. Kind of. Ari swears I'm like all the way in there. But in that space, I don't know. Once I get into like the computers and the software and the firewalls and the hacking, I get lost. Hey, look, hey, hit me up anytime. I, I, I can, I can help you out. I can convince you <laughs> that you're tech. <laughs> so, so you know what's funny about this, right? Is that that um, other people can sometimes spot your superpowers, mm-hmm. and and you can't find it, and like. And you, you know how you see this is because does somebody come to you with the same kind of thing all the time? Do they come to you financial advice? Do they come to you for marketing help? Do they come for you to ideas? Do they come for you just to talk to you because you're, you're, you're a wise counsel? People, other people gravitate to you, gravitate towards you, right? And this is how you build your tribe. You feel me? So, so your tribe is going to, they find and appoint their own leaders. And like, you know, like on Black Panther, is like, is this your king, right? So the people always go to their leader. You feel me? So so just pay attention. If some people are telling you something, 
you you probably need to start believing it. You feel me? <laughs> I get it. I'll take that advice. Because I definitely want to learn more in the in cybersecurity. I think I've always thought hacking was cool. I forgot what movie it was. I think it was with uh, Halle Berry way way back in the day. Yeah, swordfish. Was it swordfish. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, yeah. Ever yeah. since then, I was like, "Well, me hacking." Stuff. And then I tried to do some, like, you know, coursework on it, and I got lost. And then I just gave up. You gotta keep up. I'm more of a physical up. hustler. The, the, like, that right there is a little bit different. <laughs> you might like hardware hacking, though, like hard- hacking people's devices and shit. That's fun, too. I might. I might. Who knows? Like a little USB in someone's computer. <laughs> <laughs> There's oh, so much that, that, that homelands type stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's well, so much you can do, like in all industries and all little niches in those industries. Like the marketing is even a broad description for marketing because there's so yeah. much in marketing, right? And so mm-hmm. it's just, it's like in film, right? And then in like the tech side of film and even probably in the electrical side of film, there's all these little pockets of things that you know, you can do, even if you don't like one thing, something else might be your thing. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I think that, that most of the time, you're, you're probably sitting on something that's very valuable and, and you just don't realize it. So I tell people all the time, this is my recommendation from a, from a tech perspective on how to build a tech company. What do you, what do you like, first of all, look at the software that you're using all the time. Because sometimes we use software that sucks all the time, right? And like, dang, this would be better if it had X. People complain about Twitter all the time. People complain about all these different platforms all the time. Like, what what sucks about this thing? And could I build a better version, right? That's 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 the number one thing right there. Number two is that that superpower that you have that you want to give everybody access to. Now, I know that you sell content, Tara, for sure. I know mm-hmm. you, I know that you sell stuff, right? So it's probably in there already. You and and then and then it's just like how do other people need the need this and people would pay for it. Uh and then that's when you that's when you when you strike the gold mine. So um, based off of all of that, I should just be a life coach. <laughs> if, if I mean if you can automate that, yeah, it's money, it's money there. Look at Tony Robbins. Every time I turn on YouTube, that dude right, is on, he right on, my, there. on my joint. He's mm-hmm. he's an automated thing. So Yes, <laughs> whatever that may be. He just gave me the key right there. I just need to be a life there, coach. Well, there, there's apps. There's apps for health and wellness out there. Like you know, I would you start looking at that, start looking at that that market, and there might be something there. She has a whole field stackers manual that's her right. and framework for getting people to take action and better okay. their lives. I mean, I a just thought about all that as you think. talked about it. And I was just like, I should just be a life coach. See, <laughs> yeah, you already right. are. Yeah, I'm you already, got it set already up. am a life coach. Oh, I'm, so here's here's how but here's how you how do you automate that process? Oh, I already got you the make... name of the app and everything. I'm just not gonna say it. <laughs> Because I might snatch up the domain if you said. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I let's, get off Let's not zone. have another domain game. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want that, it. That's funny. I'm on it. That's Dude. funny. 
So, so Marcus, I, I want you, can you tell us about how it was working at NSA back in the day? Cause I, I had a, um, a coworker, she worked at NSA back in like, I think the seventies. And she was telling me how like, you know, it was very different for her. She was a black woman. So could you just tell us how your experience was working with them? Wait, like the fed, like the three letter NSA, like the feds? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, this about to be juicy. I'm trying to see. It's kind of, it's kind of. Does the office have windows? I heard the yeah, NSA don't yep. have windows. That, that's not true. <laughs> okay. Plenty of windows. You, you can't see in the windows, but it's plenty of windows. All right. So I think in life in, in general, in NSA is everything is anticlimactic. I think most time people make a bigger deal out of stuff than it really is. Um, so I, I was stationed at military bases before I went to NSA. And, mili- and NSA is on a military base for me. Uh, so I get there and I was all nervous and I was thinking that, man, this is the most, you know, I seen, what is that? Like enemy of the state with Will Smith and all that stuff. So I was like tight. I was like, man, this is going to be crazy. So I get there and it's just like anything in life, a bunch of mediocre people that don't know what they're doing. So that's my, that's my, I'm telling you people. And what's cool, what's funny though, is because like, since I worked at NSA, people think that's cool and they think that's amazing. But I was like, most of the people that were garbage. Uh, shout out, shout out to all the real ones that actually knew new stuff when I was at, at the fort. But they would tell you the same thing that there's a bunch of people that don't know have a clue what they're doing there. Um, and I say this because um, because I think we we like it's just like anything. If you get a degree, you get a certification. And you're like, oh man, that wasn't all it was cracked up to be, right? That wasn't that wasn't that hard. I thought it was way harder than that, right? And so that's how working at NSA was. Yeah, there are smart people there, beasts, right? But this is like any other place you ever worked up, worked for, right? Like on Twitter, there's some smart people. I follow y'all, but I see a lot of dumb people on there too. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's how Dang. that's how the, the fort was. But I tell you what, and this is what makes me happy about y'all: the the smart people, the good people, always share information and always help people. That's how you can find people that really know what they talk about. Cause the the when I got when I got there, they they put me on the crappiest jobs. You know, so mili- you got you got civilians, you got contractors, you got military. So they put all the military people on the crappiest jobs. So I got there in in um working at the stations, they put me on the crappiest work, like they put me on the crappiest thing that that they that nobody wanted to do. But they had I was working right next to the people that was doing internet working for the agency. They work with Cisco routers and all this other stuff. Uh, and this was, when I was at Fort, it was like 99, right? And so uh, I was like, man, Cisco routers, that's hot. You know, CCNA, CCNP, all that stuff was hot. And I was like, man, I want to work over there with those guys. And so finally, when I let them cross, they finally let me cross train after a while. Cross training mean I had to do my job. And if I wasn't busy, I could go try to learn from somebody else. The people that they had me learning from didn't know their stuff. And like, and I found out because the more I learned, because he would give me explanations and he didn't really didn't know what he was talking about. Have y'all ever had, you thought somebody knew something and then we started talking to them, they don't know what they talk about. They say, don't so, be your heroes. That's, what, <laughs> that's my experience at NSA. Everywhere I went. So what I did is I bossed up and I was the first person in the NSA with the CCNP. And they, they wow. put me on the, they put me on a global networking team 
the the global uh, engineering team. So I I was responsible for routers and switches all over NSA's network, top secret, all that stuff. Um, and then I got a night gig at NSA where I started, where I helped build. They got this thing called NISERT, which is Defend Against Hackers. So I helped build that out too, and I wrote a lot of code for that. So it's still still there called NISERT. It's it's their uh, cyber defense thing. So I got there. They they wanted to put me on the wackest stuff ever. And y'all might be experiencing this, listeners. You might people want to put you in in some kind of whack position, but you just got to boss up. And that's what I did. And so I started there. And I was one of the most top technical people at NSA. And and funny enough, I was uh I was in DC right before the pandemic started. I, w- I was in DC and I got to meet all these Hollywood producers that were doing research for uh for doing new new movies and stuff and, and shows. And so it was a special thing put on by Institute and they invited me in. So the guy that was speaking before me was the director of cyber for NSA. And uh, and so he doing his NSA thing. And then I come and they're like, hey, yeah, Marcus worked at NSA too. And so dude, the dude was like, hey, cool. Man, yeah, I know your name. So my name's still ringing bells at the fort. So that's what I'm talking about. Um, I love that's how you say they were putting you on like this shitty work because we'll often say like, just get your foot in the door, right? Like that's all it really takes. Get your foot in the door. Most of the time you're going to outperform people or learn quickly and be able to rise up. But I feel like there's always this attitude of like, I'm coming from a completely different industry or don't have any experience or whatever. And I'm too good to take that. Right. Or like, I want this inflated salary that I had beforehand instead of just getting in the door you know, establishing some trust and credibility and then taking off from there. People don't want to do that anymore. They want like, they want the six figures off top. That I totally agree. I mean, I always tell people that it's, you you never know who you're talking to and you never know who you're going to meet. So like you can go to a shitty job and that shitty job may, you may just be helping the actual just go on full, full full-time position. Like you never know what you're getting into, you may just be working something, you know, that you don't really like for a couple of months. And then that leads you to a way better job because of somebody that you met on that crappy job that you did not like. Yeah. I tell people that I've been to give it, give it six months. Six months is a great opportunity to get in and learn and boss up to show, to show what you're worth. Uh, it's six months. It's, it's six months to take you to from, from zero if you're doing it every day, you should be, you should be on your grind in, in about six months. Uh, also, there's a way to finesse getting in at a, at a, at your current salary, uh, by the way. And, and, and what I do is, is I say, if you want to get in the cybersecurity, try to move in from an adjacent, uh, adjacent position. So if I'm, if I'm doing, you know, if I'm doing some kind of, you know, if I'm doing marketing, for instance, try to get into a cybersecurity marketing role at a company because you may come in, could you could come in at a higher level, perhaps. You just need to evaluate all that stuff. So basically use what you have. So basically if you're managing your own website, for instance, and stuff, you might know some stuff about WordPress security. And and there's an opportunity for you to learn before you before you hop over. And there's 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 jobs where people have to secure WordPress. So look at what you're currently doing. And then try to figure out uh, what you're doing if there's a security angle to what you're doing. Uh, if you're building iOS apps, is there an iOS security opportunity? 
so always look for that adjacent thing so you don't have to go down. Nobody wants to take a pay cut, especially if you're married, got kids, whatnot. Um, try to look for something adjacent. Uh, always hit me up. I give people advice all the time. I get people, I help people get mad raises. Like I got this one dude, I got this one dude, I help, I help him, I helped him get 120K raise at where he was at. So this wow. is like making almost 300 racks. I mean, and I talk to people like that. People are making like 400 racks and like, you know, people making that kind of loot in tech. I'm mean, like, why would, why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's, it's crazy. They can't explain it. They can't explain it. I don't, I don't know why people wouldn't want to get in tech and make all this crazy money. Cause like the, the money is out there, but, um, I, I wanted to say, like, it's funny how you said, you know, the people at NSA, they really didn't know what they're doing. And that's why I kind of say that I'm biased when it comes to DOD and Intel community. It's like, I know that the people, they aren't as good as, you know, mm-hmm. you would think they are. And then when it comes to DOD specifically, you know, they aren't technical at all. Like, they're just a bunch of paper pushers. So that's why I went the contractor route. Everybody's like, why, why didn't you stay with the DOD? Because I, I was offered um, the Air Force PAC program, which they would have paid for my master's. I wouldn't have even had to go to work and they would have paid me my salary and been get my master's. And I was like, no, I'm going to go be a contractor. And that's what I did. I worked for a government contracted company, made way more money, went right overseas two years later and like, you know, doing actual technical work versus being a paper pusher, just a system engineer managing the projects. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to go through that, that bullshit. Yeah. That's how you really feel. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Hey, I mean, people need to know, like people, they honestly, I feel like the federal government is for people who are mediocre and lazy. Like it's almost impossible to get fired. So you can sit there and literally do nothing, not know how to do anything and you'll have a job for 30 years. But a lot of people like that. <laughs> yeah. I need that. Wait a minute. I can just be lazy. <laughs> hey, when, when you, I was, when I started that. working, look, when I started working, my when I worked for the Air Force, there was this guy, he was probably like 75 years old on an oxygen tank. And he was sleeping at his desk every day. And of course, they can't, you can't fire him. They can't push him out. They can't do anything. So they eventually talked him into like just finally retiring. But he would literally sleep at his desk on his oxygen take <laughs> all day. <laughs> and he's making six figures just sleep all day. And and when I when I Life. first got to, when I got to force meet for meat, I was working with some civilians and there would be a bell. There was a there was like this alarm that, that came on for when certain stuff happened. So um, the alarm came on all the time. It was annoying, but I would have to walk past all these civilians to get to to go press the alarm. And one day I was like, "Hey, can you press that alarm for me real quick? I'm over here busy." And person civilians like, "No, that's not my job. My my job is to press this alarm right here." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> Like that, that blew my mind. I'm like, dang, they don't, they don't want to do nothing that's not in the late job description. And that, another case where um, I was doing like, here's here's the cool thing about being able to code. So at this, we had this large project. We're moving from one set of routers or switches to another set of switches, and so the switch configurations are text files. And so what I did is I wrote a program to just convert all the text files to the new format so I could just automatically program the stuff. So I could take hundreds of these configurations and I could do my job in two minutes. 
but I would look over and I, and I was like, but the civilians and the contractors, I'm going to throw contracts on the bus a little bit here too. They were doing the same thing I was doing by hand. And so they were, because they get paid for eight hours, you know, they get paid, right? So they're like typing it in manually by hand. I say, do you want to use my script? So my, my script, I'll do that in like two seconds. No, nope. I'm getting paid to do this. I'm going to type this out, do this boring work until I clock out. And like, there was no incentive to, to be better, you know what I'm saying, for them. But in my mind, that's what I'm saying. I'm taking stuff. How can I take stuff that I do manually and automate it? And that's how you end, that's how I end up building a company from, from that process. What am I doing? How do I turn it into technology? So hopefully, hopefully that makes sense. From tech or might still be tech related, but I asked everybody this. What you be doing? Like where that you be doing not work? If I didn't have to work, where would I be? That, that's the question. What would mm -hmm. I be doing? Mm -hmm. Dang, you know, uh, you know how basketball players talk about, you know, I, I love playing the NBA. That's my job and all that stuff. Um, I think I'm kind of like a problem solver and I like helping people out. So in a way, I'm naturally in my lane because that's what I do is I help people solve problems. I'm kind of an idea person uh, as well. And so I would, wherever I'm at, I would be bored if I wasn't solving problems. So I'm, I, I could be in a beach chair. I could be somewhere on the other side of the world, but I'm always solving problems. If I look, man, I, I'm like, if I'm overseas somewhere and I see, cause you know, you know how like when you go overseas, there's stuff that you don't see in the States. And like, man, that'd be dope. I like how they configure that. So I'm always thinking <laughs> that's how my mind is wired. And so in that regard of, of figuring stuff out, I'm like, I'm, this is my MBA. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm always going to be solving problems. But the thing that I've learned is how to make money doing that now. That's the difference. And so wherever I'm at, I'm always trying to figure out the problem and like, well, how can I convert that into something? And and the reason why I want to make money is because when I do retire, uh, I'm going to be just funding a lot of funding. I'm going to be funding companies, and I'm going to be just trying to give give get the money away. I want to make a lot of money so I can give it away. Uh, so that's that's just I'm always going to be solving problems. Tell them in the dirt. I felt you, I feel you on that giving it away thing. I love to make money and give it away. Yeah, I mean it, it always come back. I mean it. It does. It's like it 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 come it it always come back around. So it's it's a, it's funny. And uh, I used to think I used to think uh, I tell people now money is the easy thing now. Funny enough, money you can give money to do stuff. Um, so that that's that's the easy part now. But it's like how do you how how can I how can I my whole thing is like, how can I help help other people with that mindset now? Like I say, because it's the mindset that that actually, if I can make a lot of people, it's like if I could just take how I feel and just shoot somebody up with it, <laughs> it'd be it'd be like crazy about a ballers out here. <laughs> that's 
that's a so that's kind of like where I'm at right now. How do I get other people to feel that way? And how to and like what's funny to me is like what I see y'all because I see people pushing back against y'all when y'all be talking y'all stuff. And I'd be like, put that in my veins. <laughs> He's like, yeah, keep <laughs> talk that stuff. <laughs> people, they don't, they don't like it. I don't know, they don't like it at all. It's, so, well, I think that look, it's the confidence. People need that. Com- people need that you need confidence to like get where you want to be in life. You need to be cocky. You need to have that confidence for real. Because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will believe in you. I can tell you the sky is purple, and guess what? The sky is purple. I don't give a fuck what you say sky is purple to me you know what i'm saying because that's how focused and in tune that i am the sky is purple in my head and everybody needs to be on that same thing i'll be laughing because you know it's funny because um ari and i have we've we've kind of we've kind of had our discussions about kanye a couple times (laughs) like and i tell people like love or hate kanye that dude has supreme confidence in what he's doing and like if you can just take away and have that same confidence in whatever you're doing, you're going to win. Because I know there's garbage people that win. I'm not talking about Kanye, but I'm talking about there's there's garbage people that end up winning because they're persistent. And and they not, you know, some of them criminals, <laughs> some of them are, are scammers. But you know what? It It takes persistence to execute those scams that they're doing. You just take that persistence and you turn it, you make it legit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I, I love that. You got to have that confidence, no doubt. And anybody with the confidence, even if they lambs, they still going to win. That's that's the difference. Yeah. Yep, yep, that's true. The confidence is the difference. So I have a question. Um, what's one random fact about you that nobody knows? Thing. most the most random fact is I was born in my grandmother's house. Like in the country. So really? Where, where are you from? What part you're from Texas, but like what city? Yeah, I'm from a small town called Marlin, Texas, three thousand people. So mm. three thousand people. Uh I was born outside city limits, outhouse, no sewage, all that, all that, all that. <laughs> so that's what, that's why I really, if a mindset can take me out of that situation and, and, and get me to where I'm at now and, and, you know, I've been, I've been blessed and that's why I'm, I'm just sharing as much as I know, like, uh, you know, every, everything I know is going to be transferred to somebody else at the end of the day. So that's my, that's my philosophy on life. So if I can make it from where I'm from and, and that's what I tell people, uh, and, and I'd be even, I'd be laughing at with some of my friends. I was like, man, like, you know, some, some people that are in my circles are super privileged. I was like, bro, you wasting your privilege. I wish I had your privilege. <laughs> so like, you just imagine what I'd be doing. <laughs> it's like, like, that's what, you got to have that swag. And then that's what, that's what you got to do. You got to, you just got to have that confidence and have that swag that you're going to do it. I totally agree. Usually everybody get hit with the bees curveball, but you you was right on the money. You knocked it out the park. Right. I try my best. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to ask you, with all the uh memorabilia behind you, favorite Marvel character. 
so my the um my favorite Marvel character, um of course I love Black Panther, but I think the most like me is Tony Stark Iron Man. I think I'm I'm, mo- I'm mostly like him because I'm like a, a scientist and the whole secret weapons and you know the military background. Mm-hmm. So I identify. I had a with, feeling you were gonna say that. Yeah, I identify with Tony Stark's. Uh, huge fan of uh, Black Panther and and everything that 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 whole movie is about. You know, sad that uh, Chadwick uh, passed away, but. Yeah, but you know what? What I like about cartoons and all that stuff, because when I when I was growing up, the like the only thing I had, what like, what the every all these people had these superpowers, and that's what I tell people all the time, right? And like sometimes the superheroes in those those stories, definitely, I'm a Marvel fan. You know, Professor Xavier helps them understand their superpowers and 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 how to harness them and how to how to work with them. So the reason why I'm a Marvel fan is because like, uh, so I would say, you know, Tony Stark's is, is my favorite character, but who I'm most like, I'm like, I'm like Professor Xavier because I help everybody unleash their superpowers and I help people understand what those superpowers are and how to embrace them and how to capitalize on them. So that's why I'm, I love the Marvel universe. And, and it tells that same story you know, you got these mutants. You know, they got these superpowers. How do you how do you help them harness those those powers, and how do you use those powers for good, right? You know, so most most part. So that's the X Men side, and even like if you look at you know, I look at Magneto, who Magneto's pissed off. I've been Magneto sometimes. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying. Sometimes you got to go scorch Earth on people. <laughs> So it's like all those, that's, that's what I love about the whole Marvel universe and superheroes is because like we all have those kind of like some of those characteristics. And and the big thing again is is like, what's your dang superpower and how do you harness that superpower and own it? You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. We all superheroes. Uh, we all play in a role in life. Funny enough, if you want to say superheroes or actors, like what? What thing? What? What role are you playing? And that's what I'm saying. Like, if you can choose to be anything in life, why would you pick a whack role? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what? Like, why are you? Why are you trying to? You know, sometimes you have to play supporting character, but you should your origin story and how your superpowers are. are that should be a badass feature feature movie. You know what I'm saying? So how do you? Y'all how do you get one do that? shot at it? It's crazy. So. You write your own story every day. So I wrote what, to your you know, message and everything. That was dope. All right, you have a question? Okay, all right. So I have another question. So with everything that you've done so far, you've done so many things. Um, what do you think your biggest accomplishment is so far? Oh, my biggest accomplishment is actually being married and having a family. Um, so, and and having and being able to break the general uh, generational curse of poverty and and stuff for my family, and like like straight up is like helping people other break that bondage of poverty and all that stuff too. So I'm 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 mostly proud of uh, you know there's this saying uh, that somebody taught me, uh, you know like when you get on a plane, uh, and they said they'll tell you you know if in case of emergency put your face mask on first. Right. Mm-hmm. So I realized this uh, late in life, 
uh, too late, but I guess I got there, is that sometimes we we too busy trying to fix everybody else. You feel me? And sometimes we neglect the ones closest to us and and all that stuff. And so what I what I'm I'm proud of is I learned it like wow I got to take care of me my family and then I can help everybody else out. I see I see some people trying to be Martin Luther King and and Malcolm X out there, and then their own situation is jacked up. You feel me? So I'm also I'm I'm proud of that. I'm blessed because uh that because you know I've been with my wife twenty some years. Uh, we got we got four kids, and so. Um, my dad was a my dad was a straight up player <laughs> uh, my uncles were all players and all that stuff and and so um that rough life uh it made me like realize like I don't want to live like that just like just everything like like you can take jacked up situations and you can like say well you can either learn to to copy that behavior or you can learn how to try to to be better than that and so uh, long story short um, I'm, I'm happy that, that, I, that, that my family's going to be straight and, you know, and, and my mission in life, funny enough, it's kind of crazy, but, uh, I want to be a blessing to everybody I encounter and like, I want to help, you know, so it don't have to be money, but, but you can be a blessing in, in small ways to people just by being, just by being a good person. And so, uh, that, that, that pretty much sums it up. That's what I'm about. All right. So before we wrap it up, I just want you to share again how people can find you, where to find your books, where to hang out with you online, site, all that stuff. All right. So um, so uh, the books that we talked about earlier, uh, The Tribe of Hackers, you can you can search Tribe of Hackers on Amazon and find me. Uh, also, I wrote those kids books. Uh, one is called Think and Code and one is called Three Little Hackers. My Twitter handle is Mark at Marcus J. Carey. Uh, and I'm sure all this stuff will be in the show notes. Uh, I appreciate y'all for having me. Uh, I guess if you're listening to the podcast, y'all must follow all these people online. These are amazing people and they're a blessing to me. Yes, thanks for coming on, Marcus. What Thank about your you. Twitch? What about your Twitch? Because I know you do live Twitches for yeah. free. Twitch I was about to ask about that. for cybersecurity. So what about your Twitch? Yeah, I, I came up on Twitch for about two months and I gave a cybersecurity and network plus uh, training. Uh, crazy thing about that is I raised $30,000 to pay for people uh, certifications. Uh, well, and, and also did like another 25,000 for uh, another another certification. So uh, been using this time of pandemic. So I did Twitch for a little bit, but I stopped doing Twitch because I don't have time for it. But my YouTube channel, is okay youtube.com slash c slash marcus carry just like my name's well but no j and and all my twitch training is on there okay well, okay great so. that's great yeah i i appreciate you so much um when i gave away the two security plus certification vouchers marcus he gave them to me and i gave them to the two people who i felt like you know were studying and could use them and were passing by the end of the year so I definitely appreciate you. I'm, I'm so glad you came on to talk with us and drop all this game for us. This was great. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank yeah, you. this was amazing. Yeah. I, I loved it. I'm probably going to try to see if I can get Tribe of Hackers. 
and start working my way through it. Yeah, see, I thought the tribe of hackers was like not for me. I thought that was yeah. way deep into cybersecurity, and I thought that whole book would go over my head. No, Jasmine, we can it. do it. We yeah, can now I'm about to buy it. it. <laughs> hey, and if y'all need if y'all need security plus vouchers, I have some I have some security plus vouchers too. So y'all may get the certification. Hey, All right. I appreciate y'all. Thanks for having me. Thank uh, you, Marcus. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Have a good one. Bye.